Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer joining you. Brendan Escott back in the 630 Jet Studios in Edmonton. It is 2.35 in Edmonton. Ray from Airdrie has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, Bob, earlier this week, Struddy, I'm assuming that's Jason Strudwick, chirped you as a classic L. Bundy glory years guy retailing your ta- uh, retelling your tales of dominating midget hockey. Um... Uh, He's heard the story so many times he felt like he was there. Tell us more from Ray from Airdrie. Well, uh, I didn't dominate midget double-A hockey. Frankly, I was quite crappy. Uh, but And I will say this, uh, unlike Jason, I lacked the speed, talent, agility, tor- coordination, toughness, character, and discipline to have played uh, in the Western Hockey League. And Jason willed himself to a 600-game NHL career. That's all I can say. Really all I can tell you. So... I sucked. That's all there was to it. You know who else was a terrible uh, double-A player? He's our next guest coming up. Mark Spector, sports that's back for the horses. Oh, wait, it's not. We got a new sponsor for Spec, so let's get right to it. Eight years of doing the same thing. Mark Spector has joined us. His appearances in the playoffs are brought to you by Genstar. Find your peaceful oasis tucked away in northeast Edmonton with Kristalina Nira, a Genstar community. Hello, Spec. How you doing? Oh, pretty fair. Bobby, what's going on, bud? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know I was bad. What about you? Oh, yeah, I was bad, too. Um, you know what? Speaking of bad, I'm having a bad day. You want to hear why I'm having a bad day? I'm sitting yeah. in my hotel room in L.A. The Dodgers are playing the Cubs, and the Cubs are pitcher Smiley throwing a perfect game in the seventh right now. So I go to MLB station, and they and I look on it, and it says, Dodgers and Cubs are being shown today. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to watch this perfect game. And I go on there, and it's blacked out. Because some other station in L.A. is showing the stupid game that, of course, the hotel doesn't get. So the Cubs are no hit in the Dodgers, and I ain't watching. That's how my day's going, pal. There we go. Wow. I mean, it is. <laughs> sour, at the end of at the end of the day, Mark, it really is all about you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm sour. Like, all right, on, man. <laughs> uh, I went to uh, the Dodgers with some wonderful folks uh, about uh, two weeks ago when we were in here on the Monday night, and it was damn cold, like about as cold Freezing, as it yeah. is right right now in our broadcast location here at Crypto.com Arena. It's about five degrees in the building, and I, I, I'm not getting any hearts and flowers from anybody back in Edmonton who are, I think it's two or three degrees Celsius in Edmonton because it's 27 degrees Celsius outside here in L.A. That's Let's get to it. We're in game three. The Oilers have made a subtle little third period change. Kane up with McDavid and Hyman, and they moved Nugent Hopkins with Drysettle and Yamamoto. We'll get to that in a second, but your overall assessment, Mark Spector, and what you've seen so far. Well, I, I think that's what makes this an important game, Bob, is the fact that what we've seen so far is the Oilers are the better team. They've got the puck more. They're not giving up second chances. 
Uh, honestly, they should they could well be up two nothing in the series, and the series is really being played on the Kings sort of at the Kings tempo and the Kings pace. It's not a there's not a lot of wide open hockey. There's not a lot of space. The Kings don't forecheck at all. So I guess what I'd say to you, if the Oilers can continue in the, here in L.A. to have the sort of territorial dominance that they've had in, in a style of hockey that the Kings want to play, if, if the Kings are playing this style, they're not beating Edmonton at it, I don't know where the Kings go from here, Bob. Is that fair? I think I think we're going to see a completely different L.A. team tonight, Mark. I think they're going to come out and forecheck. Do you? Yeah. Okay, well, that could. I don't think the Oilers would mind that. I just can't see L.A. starting the way they've started the last two games, Mark. I mean, they're lucky to have survived either of those. Like, let's face it. If the Oilers had any puck luck or Corpusalo hadn't been wired in, I mean, when it's 2 nothing and the Oilers, put it this way, Mark, if Edmonton had gotten a third goal by in either, the, in either game, is either game close in the end? No, that was it. But you know what? This is working for L.A. Like, they won game one, and they went into the third period of game two in a tie. <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm telling you that uh, I'm not sure that opening a game up in any way. The, the Oilers' top six, Drysaddle's got five points, and the other five guys together have five points. Like, the, the only way to beat the Edmonton Oilers is to shut down all those guys. If if you lose to the orders because the Buke stats and the Ryans and the and the McLeods and the defense corps beat you, well then you put your you take your hat off and you say we lost to the orders and they're just better than us. But if you can contain the top six the way they're containing the top six, why would you change anything, Bob? Yeah. Uh, my Uncle Brian has just texted the show to say, Bob, it's snowing here today, you jerk. Signed Uncle Brian. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tough luck, All right, Brian. So, so the Kings, the, the Kings have. So, what you're saying is the Kings have done a good. I, I just have a feeling, Spec, that they're going to come out and be a little bit more assertive. I just, I mean, they didn't get a shot in the first 18 minutes of the game. Um, that trade's worked out well for them for Gavrikov and Corpusalo, and I think that's part of, like, people go, well, why did Todd adopt the 1-3-1? He didn't have that in Edmonton. And I think part of it is Jonathan Quick's play tailed off in goal, and Cal Peterson was an unmitigated disaster this year. Even Phoenix Copley, he got a lot of wins, but if you look at a save percentage, spec this team had the 26th best save percentage in the NHL this season. That's part of the reason why the last couple of years, they've gone to 1-3-1. They had to give up fewer opportunities off the transition and rush because they weren't getting stops. Okay, Corpus Allo's giving them stops now for sure. They've got a goalie. But I I guess, like, I'm just not sure. I have watched the same games that you watch, Bob, and I've watched Edmonton have the puck way more than the other guys, and I've watched their slow starts and two two nothing deficits. So, yeah, you do want to change that if you're Todd McCullough. But I'm not so sure that opening the game up is, is you know, there might be the, un, the unintended consequences there might be that uh, there's more space on the ice for the Oilers' top six to get going here. And if those guys get going, uh, the series won't be around for long. All right. Evander Kane and Ryan Nugent Hopkins switching spots. Your take. Well, this is just a coach trying to stir up his, his uh, top six, trying to get his guys going, right? It's not – he's got one player that's really going offensively that, that's producing, you know, and, and listen, it's, it's weird, Bob. You know, let's go back. 
You remember after that Chicago series when I wrote that until McDavid and Dreisaitl adopt the proper defensive game that the rest of the team follows, they're not going to win. Well, you know how much, you know what I ate over that. So here we are, fast forward all these years later. Connor McDavid is playing, he's getting his chances offensively, but he's playing fantastic defensively, right? His shot share is good. He's back on the back check. He's not get, give, cheating for chances. He's only got one point, and people are going, Connor McDavid only has one point. He must be sick, right? No, he's just playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. So, these guys are used to getting a lot more points than they're getting. But I think if they can win, Bob, and Carter McDavid gets a point every couple of games and they win the series, I'm here to tell you, McDavid's happy with that. So, Mark, not that we're going to circle back for that. For I mean, you'd be the first to concede they had a lack of depth amongst their forwards. Look no further than the, you know going into the Winnipeg series a couple of years ago. It was McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins. And at times during that year, their fourth best forward was Yassel Pugliarvi. Okay, they're obviously with the additions of Hyman uh, and then Kane in back-to-back years at a way better place. And then their support players are different as well. I like Kane with Connor when a team's trying to physically match up against Connor because what's the one yeah. thing Evander Kane does? He hits mm-hmm. and he hits everything. Like he might not have quite the same, and I'll use the term twitch, and it makes sense. You know, he scored 35 goals last year for the Oilers, 13 in the playoffs. He was hot. He, you know, he shot the puck well. You come off the sort of severity of the injury that he had, Spec, it's understandable that he might not have the same fine tune and touch, right? But the one thing he can control is the physicality, and he has been a physical presence. He hits everything that moves, and if they're going to have, I mean, they got two good pairings, he's going to pound that right shot defenseman, whoever they play. Whether it's going to be, if they've got Doughty out against McDavid, it at home, it's going to be Dowdy. And if it's Matt Roy playing with Gavrikov, it's going to be Roy. They're going to get it because Kane's going to fill him in on the forecheck and he's going to hit him every chance he gets. It's going to be Dowdy. Isn't it almost always Dowdy against McDavid? I think it is. And you know, one of the problems that, that the Oilers present to you is that McDavid, uh, you know, you put all your best guys out against McDavid and, and, and on the scoreboard, they're shutting McDavid down. Well, he's done a nice job. No five on five points. But the other guy's killing them. Right, the other guy's killing them. Drysaddle is such a beast in this series, and I'm here to tell you, if you switch your matchups and you put Deneau on Drysaddle and you put Dowdy on Drysaddle, what do you think is going to happen with Connor McDavid? Right? Light you up. He's going to go off. So that's why Edmonton's hard to play, right? And that's that's why they should win the series. And that's it. It, it. listen. The old Connor McDavid used to look at this thing and go, I got to get some points and start cheating. He is so not that player now, right? Yeah. He is not that player. He's playing a fantastic brand of hockey. His faceoffs in this series, they're not great. They'll get better. But he is absolutely well, not cheating an inch. The GM points. has also built a way better team around him. Like of course you, he has. Of course like, he has. You look, you get goals from Costin and, and Derek Ryan on the, you know, in game two. And by the way, Bukes did went ten and three, ten and three. three softs and did fantastic on the PK in that game. So uh, these are these are players that Ken has. I mean, he he got Costin for nothing for Samarukov for nothing. The owners come. Hey, hey, Mark, I'd be the first to admit I didn't see it. I didn't see Costin doing what he did this year. What about you? Well, of course not, right? Listen, it's it's funny, isn't it? How you know, we've all we've we we always use Cogliano. Andrew Cogliano is the example of the first round pick that had to learn how to be a checker, and and uh, he's played twelve hundred games, and that's a nice little tidy story. 
But you never know when the guy's going to be able to make that transition. Sometimes it takes three, four teams for a first-round pick like Costin to turn into a depth guy that, that accepts the role and plays the role. Look at this guy. He's a first-round pick, but he fights and he checks. And when the puck's on his stick, he still sometimes looks like a first-round pick. So, you know, Paul Yarvey's a good example. I think he accepted his role as a depth guy. He's just not as good at it. You know, he's got to figure out how to do it and stay with, you know, stay in the lineup. But Costin, he's made the switch, man. He's not look. He's not a guy that says I'm only playing down here till I get back on the top line. He's a depth forward, and he's a damn good one. He makes you bigger and stronger and tougher, and he can score when he has to. Yeah. Um... 10-4 penalties. The owners have earned a bunch of their penalties. Uh, you know, I, I think they're probably bet it could, could have been a, a call each game. To me, that was fairly the slew foot on, on Kane that Ayafalo got away with in game one, and then the punch to the face on DeHarnay in game two from Ayafalo. Uh, the owners have earned a bunch of their penalties spec, but do these things balance out in the course of the series or not? What do you think? Yeah, they do, especially if you don't whine about it. You know, they do. And I think they will. And I think you're not hearing the orders. I don't know what's going on in those meetings with series supervisor Rob Schick and Ken Holland. I'm sure he's yeah. telling them, hey, look at the ledger here, pal. It's 10-4. But I'm not hearing, and certainly in media sessions, the orders aren't moaning about it. And that's not the way to go about it. If it doesn't change pretty quick here, I think you'll start to hear the orders talk about it a little bit, uh, especially if they don't win. But... You know what? It's 10-4. Could it be 10-6? Okay, could be 10-6. Sure. But in the end, the Oilers got a, a key five-on-three that was a goal, right? That's a big deal. And, you know, the Oilers have been undisciplined in a lot of penalties. The, of the Oilers' 10 penalties, I'm thinking of all back on all of them, except for the one where uh, Lazat stepped on that stick, you know, in overtime. I, you know, <laughs> That's I, a pretty I love critical that. one, Mark. Well, it, it is, an... but you know what? They aren't any damn near tripped him. I mean, he was three-quarters of the way down, then he got his balance, and he stepped to the stick. Sure, it's a bad call. I get it. I'll, I'll give you that. But, you know, the Oilers have earned most of their 10 penalties, Bob. They've been undisciplined. I, I agree. Well, they've been aggressive. They've been the more aggressive. I mean, it is odd that you would see one team, like Edmonton's outshot L.A. basically by about nine shots per game in this series. And it's a little odd when you factor in that the Kings have had 10 power plays and they're a shot volume team and Edmonton's had four, that Edmonton's outshot them that bad. Some might suggest to you, that might suggest that Edmonton's had more power plays hasn't been the case. Which the, series- the, team that has the, the team that has the puck is the team that's usually drawn the penalties. And that's where this series is off kilter. Edmonton's had the puck more. But yes. for somehow, LA's getting the power plays. It, that doesn't smell right, and I get that. Yeah. All right. Uh, which series other than Edmonton and Los Angeles has you most interested, most compelled to watch? Uh, well, that's a good question, Bob. I'm always fascinated with the sort of pending 10-car pileup in Toronto. <laughs> you know, I like watching the Leafs play. I like the way they play. So that's been an interesting series. Uh, I've had an eye on Vegas and Winnipeg because, to me, any series that has an annual Vezina candidate like Hellebuck up against the guy we love, Laurent Bressois, but I'm here to tell you, he's an NHL backup. I'm not sure he's a starter. That fascinates yep. me. If, if if LB can make his way through that series and win it, my hat's off to him, pal. Uh, All right. so those have been interesting. What do you think? 
Oh, I'm watching Toronto and Tampa. I mean, I had to. I have a guy who's a huge Leafs fan. He, he cares a lot, and, he, and he's he's working his way into the business. He's a good dude. He got a little emotional after the Leafs got pumped that first game, and I'm like, dude, it's a best of seven. It's not a best of one. And uh, I mean, if Toronto if Toronto doesn't win this series now, with you know Hedman not available, and yeah. uh, it looks like. Uh, the guy that the Kings got the pick that ended up uh, going to Tampa Bay he played with Connor Neary. Uh, what's eighty one? Uh, anyways, the, the defense. Yeah, Chernak. Chernak. If yeah. they can't, if they can't win that series with the, you know two top four defensemen on the lineup, I mean, you know, now Not I assume Hedman comes back at some point in that series, but. You know, just like the time is now for Edmonton, the time is now for Toronto as well. So I'm watching Toronto and Tampa. That's a series oh, that I'm God. keeping my eye. Yeah. So Listen, they're not clean. They're not clean in house in Edmonton. If this series doesn't go the way the listeners want it to go, if the you know the Leafs, I'll tell you right now. If I if I own the Leafs and they win this series and lose to Boston, I'm still clean in house. So it's I'm this is a more really. impactful result in Toronto. Well, Mark, tomorrow, after our little event with the folks at New West Travel that you're going to be a part of, uh, we're going to go watch some hockey afterwards, and uh, you and me can fight over which game we'll be watching at uh, uh, 4 o'clock L.A. time. Actually, we're going to tell the uh, restaurant to have on. Actually, they had it on last night because we went there last night uh, to, to go watch the game. So that'll be awesome. Thanks for joining me, Spec. Okay, we'll see you at the ring tonight, Bobby. You bet. Mark Spector's appearances on Oilers Now are brought to you by Genstar. Find your peaceful oasis tucked away in Northeast Edmonton with Crystalina Nira, a Genstar community. It is 2.52 in Edmonton. We'll wrap the show with this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. It's arguably, it's not even arguably, it is the day Wayne Gretzky scored his greatest goals at Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. It is 2.55 in Edmonton. Let's go to Listing Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979, New West Travel. You can book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. We go back 35 years ago today. Here we go. The penalty. Here he goes after the puck. He's played all night. Wayne Gretzky in on goal. Edmonton win 5-4. Wayne Gretzky scores a shorthanded overtime goal, 7:54 in Calgary at the Saddle Dome. The Oilers win Game Two of the Smite Division. They sweep the Flames in four straight on route to a 16-2 playoff run. Their fourth Stanley Cup it was just the third overtime shorthanded winner in Stanley Cup history. I watched that, or I listened to Rod Phillips call that game at Confederation Arena with the primetime Barons Thursday night summer hockey group. And years later, it ended up doing color the last two years that Rod was play-by-play. There you go. Tonight, 6.30, Chad, Crypto.com Arena face-off show. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and myself at 6 p.m. face-off at 8. Monday in Oilers now. We've also got game two on Sunday, by the way. Monday, Cam. Moon and Brendan Escott recap games three and four. They'll have George LaRock for Contract Equipment Limited and John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kelburn, and then it's Chelsea Unchad with Chelsea Bird live from Ice District, three to six. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.